Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're going to have fun. Uh, We've been in a series uh, entitled Wonder Woman. And uh, some of you might be like, why is it called Wonder Woman? We don't know. We just thought it was a creative name for our series because we've been studying uh, some prominent women in Scripture. And uh, so far we've talked, we started off in week one and we talked about a woman named Deborah and we, we learned from her some things that we can apply to our life, specifically confidence. And, and so if you, didn't, you weren't here for that message because maybe you're here for the first time, well, welcome for being here for the first time, by the way. So glad you're here. Uh, I forgot to do this. In your row, there is a welcome card, a welcome packet. Grab that, check it out um, between now and the end of the service and uh, let you know a little bit more about the church. But we started the series out talking about Deborah. And then last week on Mother's Day, how, did all the moms have a good Mother's Day? Yeah, a few of you, okay. Uh, we talked about a, a woman named Rebecca, and uh, we, we learned what it means to trust. We learned what it means to trust. And so uh, today we're going to continue this series and we're going to look at a woman that has no name. She's just known as the Shunammite woman, the Shunammite woman. And we're going to look at her story. And uh, I think a great thing that we're going to learn today is this, this idea of persistence, persistence. What does persistence mean? Persistence means this. It means firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Come on, doesn't that just sound good? How many of you guys want to be persistent, right? Now, we're not just going to talk about persistent in anything, although I believe the principle of persistence works in every area of your life, but specifically her persistence in going after the promise of God, the thing that God promised her, and how she stayed persistent, persistent, firm and obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4, Uh, verse 8. We're going to start here. It says, And one day Elisha went to Shunem. It's a town. And a prominent woman lived there. Now your version might say a wealthy woman or a notable woman. Uh, This woman had some, some means. She had some wealth. She had some substance. She had some wisdom. She was a prominent woman who lived there, persuaded him. Who's him? Elisha. Who's Elisha? Elisha is a prophet in the Old Testament. He gets the wisdom from God and delivers it to the nation of Israel. Okay, so he's a pretty important person. Matter of fact, these prophets were really a typology of the presence of God, which we see in the New Testament. And so here comes this man of God, Elisha, carrying the presence of God. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. Then she said to her husband, I know that the one who often passes by here is a holy man of God, so let us make a small room upstairs and put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp there for him. Whenever he comes by, he can stay there. Verse 11, one day he came there and stopped and went to the room upstairs to lie down. He ordered his attendant, Gehazi, I call this Shunammite woman. So he called her and, and she stood before him. And then he said to Gehazi, I say to her, look, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I'm living among my own people. In other words, I'm good. So he asked, then then what should be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is is old. In other words, she's never had children. Uh, Man, this was, uh, back in these times, uh, this was a a sign of a curse to people. Well, she doesn't have child. She's barren. Maybe she sinned. Uh, Maybe something was pronounced on her. Something's going on with her. And so this was a big deal to her not to have a child. 
And so uh, the man of God, Elisha, discovers that she has no, no children. She answered, I'm living among my own people. Uh, verse 19, call her, Elisha said. So Gehazi called her, and she stood in the doorway. Elisha said, at this time next year, you will have a son in your arms. Then she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not deceive your servant. In other words, hey, listen, if it's not going to come to pass, don't make a promise like that. How many of you guys have ever had a, a, thought you heard God speak to you and he gave you a promise? A couple of you? How many of you guys would like to hear God give you a promise, all right? Uh, this woman's promise is it's a son, it's a child, something she longed for. Maybe that's not yours, but maybe there's something in your life that you've longed for, that you've dreamed of, a, a promise that you've wanted, but yet it wasn't going to happen. Here the man of God says, hey, get ready, because it's about to happen, this time next year. Verse 17, the woman conceived and gave birth to a son at the same time the following year as Elijah had promised her. Verse 18, the child grew and one day went out to uh, his father. At this point, the child is somewhere between the ages of 12 and 15. Uh, to his father and the harvesters, and suddenly he complained to his father, my head, my head. His father told his servant, carry him to his mother. So she picked him up and took him to his mother. The child sat on her lap until noon and then and then died. Now, now the story, it was, it was progressively getting really good, wasn't it? I mean, here's a woman that was unable to have a child. This is, this is something she desired. This is something she longed for. Uh, whatever that is to you this morning, there's something that maybe you're desiring that you believe God promised you. Uh, I don't know what that is. But here she is, and there, this is her promise. It's this, it's this child. It's this son. And, and, and she has the son, and now she's nurtured the son for some 12, 13, 14, possibly 15 years. And so she's enjoying the, the promise of God. She's, she's living in abundance with the promise of God. And then one day the promise is ripped away from you. I don't know about you. I don't know what's worse, to, to actually desire something and to, to obtain it and then lose it, or to desire something and never obtain it. Are you with me this morning? Either way, this woman's pain is felt in the midst of this story. She carries the boy, puts him on the mom's lap, the Bible says that the son dies. Verse 22. She summoned her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys so I can hurry to the man of God and then come back. But he replied, why go to him today? It's not new moon or Sabbath. And she replied, everything is all right. Was everything all right? No, but she replied, everything is all right. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, hurry, don't slow the pace for me unless I tell you. So she uh, set out and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And when the man of God saw her at a distance, he said to his attendant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite woman. Run to meet her and ask, uh, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your son all right? And she answered, everything is all right. When she came up to the man of God at the mountain, she clung to his feet. Gehazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in severe anguish, and the Lord has hidden it from me. He hasn't told me. Then she said, did I ask my Lord for a son? Didn't I say, do not deceive me? So Elisha said, Gehazi, tuck your mantle under your belt. Take my staff with you and go. If you meet anyone, don't stop to greet him. And if a man greets you, don't answer him. And then, then place my staff on the boy's face. And the boy's mother said to Elisha, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went ahead of them and placed the staff on the boy's face. 
but there was no sound or sign of life. So he went back and met Elisha and told him the boy didn't wake up. And Elisha got to the house. He discovered that the boy lying dead on the bed. So he went in, closed the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the boy, put his mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. And while he bent down over him, the boy's flesh became warm. Elisha got up and went out of the house and paced back and forth. Then he went up and bent down over him again. Then the boy sneezed seven times, opened his eyes. Elisha called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. He called her and she came. Then Elisha said, pick up your son. Amen. She came and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. And she picked up her son and left. Amen. The promise, here it is. You're going to have a son. The son is alive and well, dies. And where does she go? She goes back to the one that gave her the promise to start with. And therefore, the promise, the son is raised to life. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is is living. God, we thank you that your word is alive in this place. So, Lord, I I just ask that in the next few few moments that, that, God, you would speak to every single one of us. God, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what we're dealing with, that we would learn from the Shunammite woman, this woman that is unnamed in Scripture, but yet she carries such a powerful principle for us today. I ask, God, that we would learn from this woman how we can continue in persistence in spite of the obstacles that we face, in spite of difficulty, that we would continue to pursue the promises of God and we continue to pursue this great and incredible relationship that you've offered to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Persistence, persistence, persistence. I really believe uh, with all my heart, not only do we see this principle here, but throughout all of Scripture, that persistence is is really a great biblical principle that when applied to our walk with God, that when applied to our pursuit of the promises of God, that we really can't obtain them. But, But not only that, I believe that persistence is probably a great key in every area of our life. That if we, just, if we just stay in something long enough, if we just stay with something and don't give up, whether it be a marriage, come on somebody. That if we just continue in our marriage with the one we said, I do too. If we just stay in that thing in spite of obstacles, in spite of situations, in spite of problems, that if we just persist and we hang in there, we can still be married. Are you with me? Uh, for business owners out there, I think persistence is probably one of the, the great principles that you could apply to your business. I've met people before, though, that start a business, and like, like three months later, they're already ready to throw in the towel. Now, those of you that ever started a business, owned a business, you know that it takes at least two to three years to even be viable. Are you with me? Okay? That if you just stick with something long enough, if you hang in there long enough, it's really one of the greatest, greatest tools. One of my mentors has had a church now for some 37 years, and I've sat with him. I said, man, what is the, man, what is the greatest principle you could, you could teach me? He said, hey, just don't, just don't stop. Just don't give up. Just stick around longer than everybody else, and you'll be a success. That's really what he said to me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You got a scripture to go with that? <laughs> you know? Persistence, persistence. I've learned this. This is probably one of my life stories that, that I would just stay in something long enough, that I would just persist, that I would just hold on. And I remember really uh, having children help me learn this lesson. Uh, I remember when we, uh, when we, a long time ago, Cara, uh, my oldest, is going to be 14 this summer. Please pray for me. She's going into high school. And, uh, and I remember when she was just little, and uh, we happened to have a pool in our backyard, and, and uh, she's little, she's getting to that place where she can walk, and, and so we had a couple options. We could either drain the pool and not have a pool, are you with me? Uh, we, could, we, could buy, uh, we could buy some fencing to go around the pool, a safety fence, or we could give her swimming lessons. 
And she was about a year and a half old. And so I, I checked the prices out on stuff and I realized I still wanted a pool because it's hot where we live. And, um, and I really looked into the fence thing and I realized that's super expensive, but come on somebody, I'm economical. We went with the swimming lessons. Are you with me? And so we priced that out, and we got her swimming lessons. She was like 18 months old, and uh, we, we took her to these things, and, and we would sit in the stands, and it was this big indoor pool, and uh, we would sit in the stands, we'd watch her. About her third time, she was really starting to get a hang of this thing. And uh, what, the, what the swimming instructor would do, the swimming instructor would, would place Kara by these little, these little divider things, these little ropes in the water, and have her reach, toward the, reach for the little ropes. And he would hold her there, and so she would learn to put one hand over the other and reach for the ropes. And, and so my daughter, she's a, little, she's a little drama queen like her mom. And so she, it's just swimming. Swimming isn't enough. And so she had to add, that's not true. She's a drama queen like her father, okay? Uh, I, okay, I set the record straight. All right. Yeah, you don't need to cheer me on too much. All right. Um, and, so, uh, and so she would add a song with everything. And so sure enough, she, she added this song. And so she would, the, the, the instructor would be like, hey, reach for him. She'd be like, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, reaching. And he'd go, well, you got to pull too. And she'd be like, okay, reach, pull, reach, pull, reach, pull. And she'd do this thing. And once again, I've I, I, I let you know that she was a little bit of a drama person. And so it wasn't just like reach and pull. She was yelling it at the top of her lungs. And things are echoing throughout. And people are looking around like, whose kid is that? And I'm like, it's hers. So then the next day was the kicking part, and he had to put the feet in with it to really swim. And so the instructor was bringing her around the pool, and, and she was kicking her little feet. And once again, she put a song to this thing, and she'd be like, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, really loud at the top of her lungs. Well, the next day, it was like, let's put all of the components together. And I'll never forget that I was sitting there, and, uh, and the instructor has her by the side and is going around the pool, and, and my daughter's just beaming, and she thinks she's swimming all on her own. And, and all of a sudden, you hear this full song in context, and she's literally going around the pool, top of her lungs, and she's yelling, reach and pull, reach and pull, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking. And everybody's like, whose kid is that? And I'm pointing at Katie, like, that's her kid. Um, but around the pool, and it would just start over again. And nonstop, she would just be going around the pool. All right, tempo, and it was just odd. So much so that 14 years later, almost, I still remember the song, all right? She still does it when she jumps in the pool, all right? So don't tell her that. I'll never forget, though, one night that we were sitting in our hot tub, and, uh, and, 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 and Cara wanted to come out, and so I, I go out to the hot tub, and, and I'm waiting, and, and uh, mom's putting Cara's little bathing suit on, and she comes over to the sliding glass door, and she peeks out, and she comes out, and uh, we used to do this thing that when I was in the pool, or actually I'd be out of the pool, she would be standing there, and she'd count down for me. She would go, three, two, one, jump, and I'd jump in, and she would laugh. It was like, it was easy to entertain kids when they're little. Are you with me? Just do the silliest things. Now they're older, it's like you got to buy them something. God help me. And so she'd do that and I'd jump in. Well, this time I happen to be sitting in the hot tub and she comes out in her little bathing suit and she's standing there and all of a sudden she starts to count and she starts to go three, two, and I'm like, baby, I'm in the pool. This, what are you doing? And she hits one and all of a sudden I realize she's gonna jump. And so sure enough, she hits one and she jumps into the hot tub. And I'm sitting there and I, she jumps into the hot tub and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, and all right, and I do what any good dad would do at that point. Come on, I, I, I waited to see if those swimming lessons paid off. Are you with me? Okay? Now, if Katie would have been there, it would have been a different story. All right? It would have been immediately grabbed, like, oh, she's okay, babe. But I'm sitting there, and I'm watching my daughter. This is a true story. I'm watching my daughter sink to the bottom of this hot tub, and I'm thinking to myself, come on, was the money worth it? Come on, was the money worth it? 
and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. All of a sudden, look, and there's her eyes, and they're like huge, and they're like bugging out of her head, like, Daddy, are you going to help me? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Clearly, Katie wasn't anywhere around. And so I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and all of a sudden, I see her, and she's starting to rise to the top. And I'm thinking, maybe the bubbles from the hot tub are pushing her up or something, right? But she starts rising to the top, and all of a sudden, I see one arm going in front of the other one, and she's getting higher, and higher, and her eyes are bigger, and all of a sudden, she comes through the water, and she's like, re-temple, re-temple, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking. I grab her, and I'm like, yes, it was awesome. But I learned something at that moment. I learned a principle at that moment that no matter how far under something we feel, no matter how down we feel, no matter what it feels like might be overcoming us or surrounding us, that if we just continue to reach, if we continue to kick, if we continue to pull, if we just persist, we will get through whatever we're walking through. We will get through whatever we're walking through. Whether it's a situation in our marriage, whether it's a situation with a child, persistence is one of the great biblical keys that we can learn from this woman today. I really believe that people stop too soon. I believe that people stop too soon. Pastor, well, how, how can you just take one story and say, I mean, persist, she was persistent. Check this one out. Let me give you a New Testament one. I love this one. Luke 11, 5 through 9. Luke 11, 5 through 9. And this is Jesus teaching on the principles of prayer. Listen to what it says. It says, he also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up to give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his friend's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, remember this is Jesus teaching prayer. So I say to you, keep asking and it'll be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened for you. Persistence, persistence. What in your life have you given up on? What promise has God given you that yet you haven't seen it obtained yet? What has it, what is it that God has, has literally said, hey, son, daughter, I have this for you, but yet because of obstacles, because of difficulties, we've given up. Let me share with you real quickly. I believe four big obstacles that as we continue to pursue the promises of God and we pursue what God has for us that oftentimes get in our way, right from the Shunammite woman's story. The first one is this. The first obstacle that I believe that we need to persist through as we're going after the things of God, as we're going after the promises of God, as we're going after the things of God, is this one called deception. Deception, deception, deception. I've come to realize that, that oftentimes as we step out in faith and we begin to go after God, that, that the enemy would like to throw things our way that look like good options to try to distract us, try to deceive us so that we won't lay hold of what God has for us. But I love what this woman does. Listen to what she does. The father, when the son dies, hey, bring the son back to the mother. Before, there's a problem. There's something going on. Take her to the mom. mom. Mom will know best. Mom puts the boy on her lap. The Bible says until noon, and the boy dies. In that moment, we are presented with so many options. What are we going to do? 
in the eyes of the father, probably should have planned a funeral. In the eyes of the mom, she says, before I plan anything, I'm going to go back to the one that gave me the promise to start with. Before I even make one decision, what does she do? The Bible says that she takes that boy back up to the upper room and lays that boy on that man of God's bed. The upper room was where the promise originated. The upper room was the place in which that man spoke to that Shunammite woman and said, this time next year, you're going to be holding a son. See, in that moment, too many of us, we begin to get deceived in thinking, you know what, maybe we can figure this thing out on our own. Maybe we can handle this. Maybe we need to be doing this. Maybe we need to be doing that. Maybe we need to plan a funeral. Maybe we need to just chalk it up to experience. Maybe we just need to, hey, we had a good 12 years. But not this woman. She said, hold on a second. Before I make any more plans, I'm going back to the place where the promise originated. We get deceived sometimes. Let me just tell you, the greatest deception that comes to us is this is when we are in a moment of crisis, the worst thing we could do is make big life decisions. When we are in a moment of pain, in a moment of crisis, in a moment of, of uncertainty, the first thing we want to do, because it's human reaction, right, fight or flight, the first thing we wanna do is we want to try to find a way out of this thing. Well, maybe I should move, or maybe I should go here, or maybe I should do that, or, or maybe I should change jobs, or, or maybe I should change wives. Come on, somebody. That, that one was too close to home, I guess. All right. But the worst thing we could do in that moment is make any big choices, but the enemy wants to come and deceive you and get you to think, right now, you, didn't make, you need to make a decision. You need to do this. You know what you need to do? You need to go back to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Just quiet your spirit, quiet yourself, and get before him and say, God, I need your help. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. God, I need, I need, I need your help. This woman, I love what she does. She doesn't rush to conclusions. She doesn't even, she doesn't even on her journey proclaim that the child is dead. What does she do? She goes straight back to the place that the promise originated. Because here's, here's, here's the other deception the enemy. Not only will he try to, to get you thinking about things that you should do, he'll deceive you to think that you can actually get yourself out of it on your own. Isn't that what he did with Adam and Eve? Right? All the way back in Genesis, they sinned. What do they do? The Bible says, man, they go make, they go make clothes out of leaves. Weird. Right? You know what Isaiah says about that? Isaiah says, you know what? You can't cover your sin. All of your attempts, man, they fade like a leaf. It's the prophet Isaiah thinking back to Adam and Eve, saying, hey, that ain't, that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work. We gotta press through those moments. We gotta persist through those moments of deception. Second thing I see in her story is, is the enemy would love to detour us. He would love to, love to create some detours. As she's on her journey, hey, husband, can I get a donkey and a servant? We're going to go somewhere. Why? It's all good. Know what she says? He's like, it's not new moon. It's not the Sabbath. Where are you going? Don't worry about it. It's all right. And remember the story? She continues on. And Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, comes in. It's like, hey, how you doing? She's like, I'm good. How's your husband? Awesome. How's your son? Great. What was she saying? She was saying this, look, I'm not going to be detoured 
I'm not going to be detoured by conversations that cannot help me with what I'm walking through right now. I'm not going to be detoured by it. I'm not going to be detoured by it. You know what the enemy would love for you to do? The enemy would love to detour you by getting you talking about your problem. Get you, get you, get you distracted. Oh, how's it going? Son died, huh? Get you talking about how bad it is. We saw this quote the other day. Uh, it said something like, uh, was your day really that bad? Or was it just the five minutes that you've been talking about all day? Right? I mean, really, is you, is, was all day, that was the whole day, the throwaway day? Or was it just the fact that you couldn't get your hair right in the morning? Come on, somebody. You couldn't find the outfit? Ah. Right? Getting personal again, huh? Right. And all of a sudden, now your day is set. Man, my hair. Clearly, I don't have that problem. Right, whatever it is really that bad? But see what the enemy does. The enemy wants to detour you, but you've got to learn to persist through these detours that he throws at you. And I've come to learn that, that a lot of times those detours, yeah, they'll come through people. Yeah, they'll come through, hey, how's it going? And people that, let's be honest, there are some people that like to talk about things. And I'm not going to say there's some people of a particular gender that just love to talk about things. I'm not going to say which one it is, but they love to talk about things. Listen to me, why talk to people that can't help you? Listen, if the person you're talking with about your problem can't help you with your problem, if the person you're talking with about, about growing in Christ can't help you grow in Christ, are you with me? Why, why are we talking about that problem, that circumstance, that situation? It's not going to be fruitful. It's not going to lead anywhere. But I've, I've come to learn that two of the greatest ways the enemy would like to detour us is through gossip or just talking about your situation or your circumstance? Here's the other one, it's a big one. The enemy would like to detour us by getting us to be negative. Negative, negative. Do you know that with the same power that you can speak positive words over your circumstance? Now I'm not talking about ignoring what's going on. Please stay with me here. I'm not, obviously, obviously she, would, she, had, she had a place she was on her way to see the man of God. Obviously the son is dead. But she realized on this journey that, you know what, talking with you right now is not going to help me. Talking with you not now is not going to help me. I, I'm on a mission and I've got to push through this. She could have been detoured at any moment to stop and talk about how bad it was. But if we would learn to persist through those moments and not just not, just not talk about how bad things are, but what if we switched that and we talked about how good things are going to be? Amen, it's quiet in here today. What if we just change that? Because something I've learned is, is, is talking about what was or how bad it is or how bad it was doesn't change anything. Are you with me? You know what I love? I love when people come, if they come with a challenge, like how I said that, not a problem. There's no problems, there's challenges, okay? When people come with a challenge, you know what I love? I love when they come with two solutions. Even if their solutions are horrible. Come on, somebody. I just like the fact that you were thinking about a solution, right? I mean, that just shows something right there. This woman, 
She did not get detoured by gossip. She did not get detoured by negativity. And I believe with all my heart, if we would persist, if we would push through these moments where we could, we could talk about our circumstances, we just begin to change the way, the way we, we talk. The third one I see here that she had to persist through was delay. Delay. And I shared this last week. I don't know about you, but I know the Bible talks about how God's timing is perfect. You ever read those scriptures? He's never late. He's just always on time. Well, one thing he for sure isn't is early in my book. Are you with me? I think I mentioned this last week. I've never, ever complained to God about being early before. Oh, God, you did that way too soon. I mean, I needed the provision, but that was really quick. Never, never, never. You know what? I believe this with all my heart. We talked about it last week. In that delay, and you will find delay. You will find delay in your spiritual journey. You will find delay in the things of God. You will find delay in the promises of God. There's a reason why in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew chapter 24, it says, he who endures till the end shall be saved. Hate that verse, right? I gotta endure? Like, I just, what? What? Don't like that. There's delay. And this woman has delay. She pressed through the deception. She pressed through. She persevered. She, 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 she persisted through those detours. And now she comes this moment of delay. Gehazi say, hey, tries to stop her. I'm good. Scoots around him. Drops down at the man of God's feet. Wraps him up. Man of God's like, hey, take the staff. She's like, uh-uh. Nope. Nope, nope. We're, we're, we're going together. I don't want a dead, dry stick. Come on, somebody. Thank you, but I want you to come because you were there and you promised and you spoke it. I, I want you to come back. Are you with me? But here's what I've realized, and here's, look at what happens. He doesn't even fully know what's going on. When she comes and wraps up his feet, He's kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Wouldn't you? Are you with me? I mean, if I was preaching and all of a sudden, you know, just Trinika came up and was probably, whoa, what's going on? What are you doing? Right? <laughs> Gehazi, the servant, comes to push, push her away. You see in the story. He's like, hold on a second. Listen to what he says. There's something wrong. What does it say? But the Lord has hidden it from me. He didn't say there's something wrong and I haven't figured it out yet. He said there's something wrong and the Lord's hidden it from me. I got to discern this. That doesn't seem fair. I mean, this woman traveled all this way. She persisted through some obstacles. Here she is. She's desperate. And the Lord's hiding it from the man of God. That doesn't sound fair. It's delay. It's delay. Why is there delay in our life? There is delay in our life. I shared it last week because God is not so much into the product as much as he is in the process. And it's in this process that all of a sudden you are not, you are not banking everything on a, on, on a fulfillment of something. You are not banking everything on a product, but you are putting all your hope and your trust in the King of Kings and in the Lord of Lords. 
God's in the process. And so I've learned that oftentimes God will delay things. God will hide things from people that can actually help you in order, are you with me now, in order to build the process inside of you, in order to build this contingency, not on man, but on him. Amen? Amen. Man, I know that the Bible says in the multitude is counsel, there's wisdom. Man, get counselors, it's awesome. But sometimes you know what you're gonna find? You're gonna go to your pastor, you're gonna go to your multitude of counsel and ask some stuff, and they're gonna be like, I don't know. And then we'll even throw the card up. Sorry, God's hiding it from me, not my fault. Why does God allow that? Because listen to me. Listen to me, man. God never intended for you to build your relationship on Christ through a man. He intended you to build your relationship on Christ through his grace and his grace alone. That you would have direct access to him. That you would have direct provision from him. See, some of us, we come here and we go, like, I gotta get a word, I gotta get a word, I gotta get a word. Good, get a word. But listen to me, you don't have to come here to get a word. Are you with me? Listen, matter of fact, all of our teachings should be about you being able to go to God and get a word. Amen, Pastor. This is good. Not what we're supposed to do. Self, self-leadership. And being able to access the Bible and say, that's what God's saying. Rather than, ah, I'm going to have pastor tell me what, what that's saying. Mm. Sometimes that delay is causing you to press deeper into the things of God, into scripture, into prayer. Amen. Man, it is quiet. Lastly, number four, we need to learn to persist through discouragement. I'm just going to ask the band to come back up. We need to learn to persist through discouragement. Discouragement. Anybody ever been discouraged before? Maybe this morning? I know our, I know our setup and pack-up team this morning, they texted me. They were a little bit discouraged. No, we got it. He got it. It was more for prayer. Pastor, pray for us. The Winter Twin Powers United. Persist. There are going to be moments in your life, lots of them. Pastor, I wanted you to build me up and encourage me. I am. I'm telling you right now, there are going to be moments in your life where you have the opportunity to be discouraged and discouraged often. What we need to learn to do when things don't work out the first time is not be discouraged but to persist, to persist, to persist. I love this woman's persistence, but it's not just her persistence that we see. It's Elisha's persistence. She goes and she's like, hey, I don't want the dead dry stick. I want you to come. I don't want just a handout. I don't just want your hand. I don't just want the, what's in your hand. I want you to come. I want you to come. And then Elisha gets there finds that the boy's dead. Listen to what happens. He goes in, lies down the boy. Boy's body's warm, but he's not alive. Wow. So does he give up? No. Bible says he goes in a second time. Bible says he goes in a second time. Somebody needs to hear this today. I believe there's somebody here that feels like giving up on something giving up on your marriage, giving up on, on your goals, giving up on the promise that God has spoken to you, something he's, he's instilled inside of you. 
Maybe it's ministry. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a child that you've been praying for. And you've gone to God and you said, man, it's not happening. It's not working. I believe that the Holy Spirit say to you right now, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Push through. Push through. Push through. Persist. Don't give in to the obstacle. Don't give in to that hard, difficult thing that's in front of you. If you continue to persist, don't be discouraged this morning. Don't be discouraged today. There's someone here that you are battling discouragement because things haven't aligned. Things haven't, things haven't showed up the way you thought they were going to. And so now you're not only beginning to question this, you're beginning to question God. You're beginning to wonder if God even ever spoke to you. But the Holy Spirit would say, no, 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 no. My promises are yes and amen. My promises are yes and amen. The delay is not denial. Keep persisting. Don't, 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 don't get worried. Does the Bible say? The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in doing well. Don't grow weary in doing well. Why does the Bible say don't grow weary in doing well? Because as you're doing well, there is being something uprooted in your life that wasn't good, that wasn't of God. You just keep going with the God thing. You just keep doing well and watch and see what God does. Because the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, God is not mocked. That which a man sows, he will also reap. Keep sowing, keep persisting, keep doing good, and you will reap a harvest in due season if you don't give up. If you don't give up, if you don't give up, if you don't give up, do me a favor right now, would you close your eyes? Just do me a favor right now, would you close your eyes? There's somebody in here that needed to hear this message. You needed to hear it for your life. You needed to hear it for your message. Come on, you might feel like you're underwater. You might feel like you're buried. You might feel like it's over your head. Ah, but if you could listen to the words of a one-and-a-half-year-old, reach! pull, keep kicking. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. You're